We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Good morning, everybody, and welcome on in. It is Tobin's Fight Show here on 790 The Ticket. Huge night of fights to go and recap as last night we had ourselves a big UFC pay-per-view. We had a Canelo Alvarez fight as he was defending his title against Caleb Plant, so a lot to dive into. I am going to give the nod to the UFC last night. I thought that the uh, the main event, really the whole card, was uh, was absolutely fantastic from the UFC. We will give uh, some dedication to Canelo versus Caleb Plant coming up later on in the show. Uh, but we'll start off with uh, last night's main event. Kamaru Usman is still your welterweight champion of the world as he won a unanimous decision over Colby Chaos Covington. Looked like it was going to be a landslide early on, man. I mean, this ended up being a fight that I think a lot of people uh, you were probably surprised at this fight. Uh, you thought of it a lot closer than uh, when we were getting to the end of round two. We thought this was going to be blowout city. This was going to be a landslide uh, for Kamaru Usman to come out and win this fight and handle Colby accordingly um just looked uh, very very comfortable you know Colby Covington was trying to uh maybe introduce the wrestling a little bit more that definitely I think was a factor I do think that he was trying to wear Kamar Usman down I think it had some success um to a degree I do think that he had some some success with it because I do think that uh Kamar Usman to a degree was going into this a little bit after that second round where he absolutely obliterated Colby Covington Looked like he was going to put him away. Um, but, you know, when, when you have a guy like Colby and he is, this is the dirty secret about him is that as much as everybody hates him, he's a very, very talented, very good fighter, cardio for days, and you have to be wary of that. And nobody ever wants to uh, admit that because, you know, he's a pain in the ass and he tries to get everybody to hate his guts. And, you know, he, I never saw him smiling more tonight than when he got the entire crowd chanting at him f uh, f colby covington or f u colby f u colby f u colby but um i do think that there's been a a great degree and a, and a lot of this was pointed out on the broadcast and i think smartly that you know kamar usman just looks like a much more composed striker um and that was evident in the uh, in the early goings i think colby was a little bit wild now i think he was effective as the fight went on i do think that uh that 
that ability to get Kamaru Usman a little bit worn out, a little bit tired. I do think that was effective. And we didn't see, you know, the, the crispness from Kamaru Usman. But you're definitely seeing a guy who, when, when he does have the full gas tank, um, looks like a guy who just knows how to put his punches together better than he did two years ago when he fought this. And I, I just thought that all around. There was a big debate uh, a little bit going into that final round about whether or not it was uh, a 10-8 round in the second round. That's a tough one. You know, I, I do think that you know, looking back on it, it probably should have been because the fight was very, very close to being finished. It's a tough thing with mixed martial arts because it really feels like these 10-8 rounds, the only time it seems like they really feel comfortable giving it to somebody is when somebody is being held down the entire round and is bludgeoning, basically. Or you really have to like wreck them silly, and and they're barely conscious as they're walking back to the uh, back to the uh, the octagon corner. Which in this case it was pr pretty close, but it, but most of the time it's usually that guy lays on you and 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 it has you in control, and that's usually what leads to the ten eight. I really didn't even think about the ten eight till they really brought it up. I was just like, I don't think they're going to give it to him, and they ended up not. I mean, it was. It was 48-47 for, for Kamara both ways, and then it was uh, a 49-46, so they didn't think that either. But I do think that, you know, if that would have ended up being a coin flip and it would have gone to uh, Colby Covington, if he would have been able to edge this out, I do think that would have been an interesting, con you know, uh, an interesting talking point about Kamara having really the moment of the fight and having the, 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 the fight closest to being finished, um, but not having enough to really walk away with the W. Uh, that would have been an interesting one, but I do think that he still uh, got the nod where he should have. I thought that uh, you know Colby, it was two two in my mind going into that final round. I do think that Kamara was able to uh, to eke that out, had the better exchange. It was really it was funny thing because the first minute of the round was real fire, and then um, you know they just both never really got that point where it was uh, it was back to that moment again of, of them being just through the absolute uh, absolute hellstorm. Um, but that 10, eight thing is, is an interesting one because if you think about it, you know, Kamaru is out there and I think I, maybe it's because, you know, I don't know if things just get too wild. Like typically in boxing, if a guy gets knocked down, it's a 10, eight, that's the, that's the, that's very much the rules. Unless a guy really comes back all the way and he can earn it to be a, a 10, nine. I mean, that's uh, super rare though. Usually if a guy touches the canvas, 10, eight, if he touches it twice, it's 10, seven. But there's more rounds to make it up. So I, I think that judges are hesitant to do it in mixed martial arts because you get to that point where if a guy goes down twice, if you were to touch the canvas and you give him a 10-7, like if it's a three-round fight, guys, it's impossible for the guy to win. If it's a title fight, it's nearly impossible for the guy to go win. So, you know, it, it would have been tough for Colby. Like, think about this. If Colby would have won, uh, uh, if Colby would have won three rounds, it's a draw. So that's tough. I, I, I get it. I, I, I get that it's a, 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 um, a tough trigger for the judges to pull. But Kamar probably deserved it. He, he probably he probably did deserve it in that moment for having the moment of the fight. But yeah, Colby Covington, I thought, showed a lot of guts because people could criticize Kamar Usman that he didn't go for the finish. Um, I think that he was wary that Colby was durable. If, Kirby, if Colby was still standing after those two big shots... You go into that corner, you have to think to yourself, okay, if we do try and go for broke here and we don't get out, what are the consequences of that? And the consequences can be maybe Colby Covington finishes you. 
you know, I don't know if he ever really had one of those shots where it looked like he was really going to hurt him. It looked like the best shot that he had on him was that body kick. I can't remember if it was three or four when the body kick was, but he, uh, I think it was in four. That looked like it really hurt Kamaru Usman. He was trying to set that up all fight, and he and he landed a really, really strong one. Um, but, you know, as far as the hands were concerned, had some, you know, had some stunning shots, but I think it was just getting a little bit wild. I think that uh, he was effective, you know, bringing the takedowns in and bringing the wrestling in and putting that part of the game plan, I do think was very smart by Colby. And I thought brought a, brought a, a very fun, interesting element to this fight. But uh, Kamaru's the man. Listen, as this guy, he ends up, uh, they, they do end up having a respectful exchange afterwards, which I think a lot of fans liked. Um, you know, a lot of animosity between these guys for a very, very long time. They've shared nearly 10 rounds together. Um, Kamaru didn't get these, the sweet finish that he did the last time around, but um, he does have that. Now he's 2-0. And you look at this guy's resume and, and what he's able to do as far as Best pound-for-pound guy uh, on on the planet. You know, most dominant champion going right now. He's run through his division. He's always active. I know that there was some, uh, you know, he was trying to push this, you know, him versus Canelo thing. He's got a manager who's thinking big like that. I know that uh, that Jorge Masvidal was bringing that back, you know, when he was uh, a little bit at the, uh, the top of the mountain, too. I don't think any of these guys are getting near Canelo Alvarez. I think Canelo Alvarez doesn't. He so doesn't need it. Um because of how much money he makes for each one of these fights. And also, you know, Canelo's got a, he's not Floyd Mayweather. Canelo is a guy who has a lot of legacy stuff that he's looking to go after. Uh, and I don't know that a him versus Kamaru Usman fight does a ton, ton of buys. You know, Kamaru's not, Kamaru's super respectful. He's not the, like, if you think back to Floyd Mayweather, Conor McGregor, both of those guys are just two antagonists. Some people wanted to see those guys lose every time they stepped into the octagon or, you know, especially Floyd and, you know, all these people who were maybe hoping Conor could land that sweet shot. I just don't think that you look at a, a thing like tonight and 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 some of the shots that a, a, a sloppy guy in, in some in some of the exchanges that Kamar Usman was getting hit with, you know, you're not going to go into a boxing match and, 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 and match with Canelo Alvarez. It just, it's, it's a silly thing to me. So... But I do understand for Kamara, like, I, I get it. You've seen some of these champions who have gotten to do really, really cool stuff. Like, you know, think a guy like Israel Adesanya getting up to go to another weight class. Conor McGregor getting to go and go into another weight class. And you look at him and he's kind of in the spot where, what is that super fight? What is that thing that really is going to drive him as far as, you know, is it going to be you're going to wait till Vicente Luque is the real deal? Are you hoping that Leon Edwards has a hellacious knockout against Jorge Masvidal and, you know, now is back, you know, he's beaten Colby twice, Gilbert Burns, beaten Leon Edwards, you know, beaten Jorge Masvidal twice, you know, so he's taken out all of the real big names here. You know, if Wonderboy Thompson can get back in there, okay, Vicente Luque, but these are, if you're Kamara, yeah, I get it. You're looking for the thing that really just is, is, a, is a rocket ship type of fight and I don't know what that is and is it going up to middleweight and fighting your friend in Israel Adesanya I don't know I I, I it, it, obviously I would watch the fight and I'd be into the fight but for Kamaru I don't think that's I don't know if that's it either I think you know he probably would have liked a crack at one of the uh the Diaz brothers at one point something like that you know just something fun 
But I think for Kamaro, here's the, the thing, you know, man, his, I think he is getting more popular every time these, these, these fights come around. I do think that there is going to be beauty in the longevity of his reign. I think there's going to be beauty in the, uh, the appreciation people have for him and what kind of legacy he's building. I was thinking to myself, I was like, man, you know, if he would have ended up stopping Colby in this fight, you know, would we have thought that he had passed even like, even a guy like Habib, right? Habib had the guy, the, the, the thought of, he was the most dominant guy that we have recently seen in the octagon, this real mystique to him. I think that if Kamara would have ended up finishing this fight, not to, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to, crap on his performance because he had it was a great fight ultimately but Khabib also had the element of dominance to him I think that if he would have gotten something like that I would have uh, gone out here and said something like Kamar Usman I think he's more dominant than, than Khabib but this fight uh going the way that it did you know I don't know if I'll if I'll do that yet but I do think that his title reign can be much more inspiring than Nurmaga Madoff's was you know Khabib kind of ended looking like he was getting better than ever but it ended, you know, we don't, we don't really know where it would have gone from there. Kamaru is, I don't think he's going anywhere anytime soon. Um, he's a very active champion. He fights a lot. And I just think that you just have to have so much respect for that. It's so, it is, it is hard. The, all these guys are coming in there and they're gunning for you and they're game planning for you. And they're going to be more motivated than ever against you. And, you know, Colby's fighting you with a new camp and Leon Edwards is fighting you with a win streak on, on your back. You know, Jorge Masvidal, you know, is, is getting back-to-back -back chances against you. And like all these guys get a little bit of something that can maybe give them an edge against you. And you got to come with that same fire, that same ferocity. We even saw this with, you know, with John Jones, even at times as great as John was, you know, sometimes with the, the matchup, this was especially the case. I think uh, in his later comeback, if the matches weren't super intriguing to him, you know, it wasn't the best performances that we we saw. Um, but for Kamaro, you know, he's fighting the top guys. And I think the thing with Colby is everybody hates Colby, but you gotta respect how good he is. Um, this is not a this is not a man who is uh short on skills and abilities. And if anything, it just shows you that's not how Colby fights. The way that we saw Colby tonight, Colby is overwhelming when he fights guys with his volume and how much he throws strikes, and how exhausting he is. And we still saw elements of that tonight, but uh, we still saw elements of that last night, but we we uh, we didn't see peak Colby Covington, and a lot of that has to be credited to, well, look who he's going up against. He's going up against an absolute monster, an absolute monster in Kamar Usman, who is your champion, and still reigning. Uh, the other fights in the UFC, all right, so we had Zhang Weili, Versus Rose Namajunas, as predicted on this show, Rose did end up winning a decision. Uh, it was even uh, mentioned, uh, I think it was by John Anik on the broadcast, like very similar to the uh, Ioana Yunjechik uh, saga where finishes are quick, then finishes are by decision. This was uh, very much like that in that uh, Zhang Weili it was a split decision. It was a very, very close fight. I do think they got it right. I think that Rose, with that fifth round, ended up uh, pulling out 48-47 in my eyes. I think 49-46, a little bit lopsided. But I think that uh, that ended up getting it uh, getting it correct for for sure there. And, uh, man, she is uh, she's also she is a tremendous champion. And, you know, with her back on top after you think about how, 
you know, effective she's been. Her loss, her only loss recently was Jessica Andras, another fight that she was looking absolutely fantastic and basically got just spiked on her head. So, you know, for her, it, I'm sure is is huge. And it was a really, really great performance from from Rose Namajunas, no doubt. Um, great fights tonight, man. So many, so many good, uh, so many good fights back and forth. Chito Vera with the uh, the huge front kick KO on on Frankie Edgar. You know, a, a big win for him is you know this is the fight that Sean O'Malley that they wanted him to go out there and do it now. Chito's got a win over Sean O'Malley and basically took his spot in that shine and as a highlight real knockout, which is supposed to be Sean O'Malley's thing. So. I think there's a little bit of a nod that should be going to uh, for uh, for Chito Vera there for getting that kind of a win. Justin Justin Gaethje versus Michael Chandler. I mean, just the war that you were hoping it was going to be. Both of these guys just throwing absolute absolute monster strikes at each other, uh, left and right, knockdowns back and forth. It, it was just it, it was awesome every which way. Justin Gaethje gets the nod, twenty nine twenty eight on two scorecards, thirty twenty seven. I had a twenty nine twenty eight for Justin Gaethje. Um, you almost wish a fight that good. It, it's it's so great that it kicks off the night and, and has the crowd uh, erupting like that and going that kind of crazy. It's a tough show to follow, but man, the idea that these guys knew what these guys went at this fight like they knew what was on the line. And and Justin Gaethje, I will say this: like I picked Michael Chandler to win that fight, but Justin Gaethje, he's just a different level of. Uh, He's just a different level of crazy with how he brings these wars out of everybody. And I think some of it has to do with those damn calf kicks that he swings like a baseball bat and just comes at you. But he just has this war of attrition that he ends up winning every single time, basically. Um, against the only ones where it hasn't been is against Habib, which you know shows the greatness of Khabib before we we lost him and he ended up retiring. Um, and then also just shows you the uh Shows you how great Dustin Poirier is that he was able to withstand the war of attrition against a guy like Dustin Poirier. And Dustin Poirier also loses to the great Khabib Nurmagomedov too. So, um, you know, Justin Gaethje's been really good. He's had a he's had an unbelievable UFC run. Uh, has just shown uh, has just shown so much. His win against Tony Ferguson, tremendous. His wins against Edson Barbosa, James Vick. Uh, coming off of that loss to, to Dustin Poirier, he's just done such a tremendous job. And for Michael Chandler, you know, Michael Chandler ends up losing this, and now he's lost his title shot. He's lost this big headline fight against uh, Justin Gaethje. But I think that people are still seeing, like, this is a fun fighter for a long time, has been in Bellator and, and was really carrying that brand on his back and, you know, does a lot to uh for the fan base and and is uh is a real fan friendly fighter so really awesome card man I, you know i gotta take a break here we'll get maybe a little bit more into it on the other side and and uh, after we recap the canelo fight on some of the fun stuff that was going down in the prelims as well we'll take a quick break be back with more for this welcome back everybody it's tobin's fight show here on 790 the ticket all right so we'll move over to boxing we'll get into a little bit of canelo alvarez and his win over caleb plant which I would describe this fight as um, it, it was a fight that needed the ending that it did for Canelo Alvarez because it was going through a, it was a kind of a, I want to say the word is lackluster. I don't think it was a lackluster performance from either man, but I think it was, it was a fight without a lot of signature moments. Definitely um, a performance from Caleb Plant where, you know, he was, 
it was very clear that he was trying to make things uncomfortable for Canelo as far as, you know, trying to put the jab it, make him chase him, things like that. Really uh, maybe try and wear him out by, you know, hitting him with the shoulder roll and, and, and try and not hit him with a lot of clean body punches. That really was effective. You know, I think that he did a great job of, of neutralizing Canelo Alvarez's body attack. I thought that the first few rounds, it was pretty even. I thought that this was a fight that Caleb Plant was doing a good job. I thought that Canelo really hadn't gone off yet and had those moments. He was having those, he, you know, he was getting him in those corners and really trying to batter with him and, and try and break him down with the body shots. But I thought that Caleb Plant was showing some some really, really great defense and showing some things there. But there just wasn't enough from him as far as making Canelo respect him. You know, he, he was talking about, you guys haven't seen the game plan yet. You guys haven't seen uh, what I'm going to bring to the table. And even still, Canelo gets in there with these naturally bigger guys and he's just shown a propensity to bully him. He's done it against Kovalev. He's done it against Rocky Fielding. He's done it against Callum Smith. And now he's done it against Caleb Plant, where I'm not counting the Turkish Wolf. Uh, Adam Yildirim, all respect. Did enjoy seeing the show, though. Um, but you do see, like, Canelo, you got to have something for him. You got to have be like a Triple G. And really, in this post-Triple G era for him, he's really steamrolling fools. Like, he really hasn't been put into any position of danger People wondered, was Caleb Plant going to be able to outslick Canelo Alvarez? I thought there was there, this was the big thing I think that Canelo that, that Caleb Plant really needed. He had a moment in round, I think it was nine, where he threw this, he threw this really, really flashy combination. I think probably like six or seven punches he was throwing, and like one got through. But it was it was a good moment for him. He raises his arms, he goes back to the uh, he goes back to the corner. I was like, hey, that was a great moment for Caleb Plant in a round that he lost. But I really wish that we would have seen a lot more of that from him throughout the fight. I think that if you're going to be the more skilled boxer against Canelo Alvarez, you have to dwarf him in output. Like you, have, you cannot be this picking and popping and 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 using your slick jab and all that type of stuff. I just think it sets you up for disaster because you're not really giving him too much danger that he has to weather through. You're not having this overwhelming lead that he has to come back from. And looking at the scorecards, um, you had Canelo. He was up uh, 98-92 on one card. You know, they gave Caleb's, Caleb, uh, Caleb Plant won the first round in everybody's eyes. And then only one up until round Eight and nine, they gave uh, Caleb, uh, Dave Moretti gave Caleb Plant those two rounds. He had Canelo pitching a shutout up until, uh, not pitching a shutout, but had him going on like a six-round run. Same thing for Steve Weisfeld. He picked first round for Caleb Plant and then all the way up until round nine. So that flurry actually did give, I think, in a lot of people's eyes, Caleb Plant. I think it was probably a curve scoring round because I thought that it was too little too late for him. But everybody after that flurry and him raising his arms were like, oh, He's done something. Let's give him a round. I think that was probably what it was going in there, but I actually added a lot more even right up until round six, uh, right up until round seven. I thought Canelo just took this fight over. Um, I just, I, Caleb Plant didn't bring uh, enough to the table. He needed more of what he did at the end of round nine that did, you you see that. And I think part of it probably had to do with that. The fight was so lopsided in the judge's eyes that they were going, they were like, ah, let's, let's give one to Caleb. Maybe, or maybe they just thought that he won flat out. 
but he needed more of that. It speaks to my point even more. Needed more of that flurry to really give him a chance against Canelo Alvarez. And we didn't see that. So, you know, for Canelo, again, this was a pretty uneventful fight for the most part up until we get to the 11th round and he hits with his signature left hook, puts Caleb Plant down, hits him with another uh, uppercut. He's in bad shape, gets up. Judd's asks him if he wants to fight. He says, of course. And then Canelo just puts him down shortly thereafter. Fight is stopped. Signature ending for Canelo Alvarez, who just remem- uh, remains an absolute beast. He's a monster. And that flair for the dramatic man, this idea that he's going out there and, he, and he's finding ways to go finish off these, uh, these shows and bludgeon these opponents. He ends up unifying a division in, in short time. Uh, becoming the undisputed 168-pound champion. Very cool. It's a it's a it's a very cool accomplishment for him. Where he goes from here, does you know, is is this a, a spot where does he stick at 168? Does he take on you know a, a, a David Benavidez? Does he take on a Jamal uh, Jamal Charlo? I would like him to do that. I hope that this PBC Showtime relationship. I hope that he goes in that direction because I'm just more interested. I'm trying to think about with Canelo. What's the most important thing now, right? It's not legacy uh, going and chasing all these weight classes and trying to go be, I don't know, another version of Manny Pacquiao or something like that. I don't know. If he goes and fights a Dimitri Bevel, it's fine. I'm going to watch. Don't get me wrong. Canelo's definitely must-see TV when it comes to the boxing calendar. But I would, you know, I want to see him fight the most captivating opponents. And I think that in lies with, Look, guys, got to come up to him. I think that he's definitely found a sweet spot at this 168-pound weight class. He's the man. There's an undisputed championship on the line every time you fight him now. So he's bringing that to the table. Who can bring the name to the table? Who can do something? I would like it to be Jermall Charlo. That's the one that speaks to me the most. I would like to see Charlo go up there and, and see a guy with uh, with a little bit of dynamic punching power. Can he do something there? Um but again, for, for Charlo, he's been fighting a lot of bums lately, man. He's been fighting a lot of bums. And, you know, the one thing that is tough with this PBC universe, and I think maybe this will speak to some of the guys who are fighting, because this really wasn't the case for Welterweight. Welterweight had some good competition, but a lot of these guys in this little super middleweight, middleweight run, it's been kind of easy pickings. And so I think for them, maybe it'll speak to fighting a guy like Canelo Alvarez, Hey, I might need to get my weight up a little bit. Not just in I got to get my weight up to get to 168 and that I need to get my competition a little bit better so I know I'm ready for that guy. Because that's what it seemed. It just seemed like with Caleb Plant for me, seemed like he went into this fight not to lose. You know, don't lose. Don't lose Caleb Plant. Uh that's what it felt like to me. Like he had some slick stuff. He had some good neutralizing ability against Canelo's body attack, but he really didn't have an attack plan to go win the fight. He had a a good plan to make Canelo as not effective for as long as possible, but never gave Canelo anything to think about, never gave Canelo anything to respect. That was the disappointing part about it for me when it came to Caleb Plant. And it wasn't just the fact that he talked a big game and that, you know, he's, he's, uh, 
has the press conference and he's bringing up the cheating against Canelo and all that stuff. That's fine. That's all fair game. That's that's trash talk. That's great. But, you know, we talked a big game as far as the game plan going into this. It didn't feel like he really did have anything that surprised anybody. You know, everybody said he's probably going to have some success early. He's probably going to be slick before Canelo adjusts. He's not going to have the power. He's not going to have anything that's going to really affect Canelo. And eventually Canelo's going to wear him out, knock him out. And there's a reason the odds were that they were. I thought they were a little bit strong. And I wasn't Caleb Plant. I'm a Caleb Plant guy. I like Caleb Plant. Um, And I was even like, man, these odds are, these odds are fat for Canelo. Real fat. Maybe, uh, maybe Caleb's got something to do. I've, you know, you watch his all access story. Like, man, love this guy. Impossible not to root for him. So yeah, I really wanted Caleb plant in a lot of ways to come in and get this fight, but there was, there was no X factor. There was no surprise. He looked like a guy who didn't learn all the tools yet. Um, you know, and Canelo for him, he, uh, I just think for him, you know, there's always, there's an interesting thing with his place in the pound for pound list. And referring to him as the pound for pound king, I think for me, you know, the idea that I just think that every time he's gone in there now, basically since he's fought Triple G, um, you know, it hasn't been the best competition in the world, but it's been good. It's been pretty damn solid. These are the people who were atop the weight classes and had belts. You know, didn't have to fight a guy like Caleb Plant. Probably could have said kick him. No, but he wanted to go become the undisputed guy and made it happen. You know, uh, so I think for that, uh, that's, that's pretty special for him to just set out these goals and, and get them done. And there is beauty in the idea that he is the a side, that he is going to make a guaranteed at least 30 million every time that he fights. So you have all that taken care of, you know, you're not navigating through the waters, but you know, you think about the Terrence Crawfords of the world who, Hopefully in a couple of weeks when he beats, a, you know, when he takes on Sean Porter, maybe he beats him and has that signature win. Um, you think about a guy like Tyson Fury and, and, and how good he's been as heavyweight champion and just looks a whole nother level, especially with Anthony Joshua losing. But then you look at a guy like Alexander Usyk, who was the undisputed champion at, uh, at, at, uh, at light heavyweight and then, or a cruiserweight and then comes up and becomes the unified heavyweight champion of the world. He's certainly got to be in the mix as well. And so there, you know, those are all great tales, but I will say like, there's a lot of pressure that comes with being like the, the pay-per-view King with being the guy. And, you know, for years we would always be like, who are these guys that, you know, Floyd's fighting and all that type of stuff. And you'd watch a Floyd fight and be like, ah, this is kind of ho home. And, you know, he just, you and I do think for the most part, this wasn't like the most memorable Canelo fight, but he still had the the exclamation point moment. He still had the finishing touch on a fight that if he would have ended up going away in a decision, we probably would have been like, nah, wasn't that great. But he didn't. You know, he turned up he turned up the juice, he turned up the heat, and ended up making it a a really, really great performance. Um and, and just adds the accomplishment. It's the you know, if you're gonna become the undisputed uh, 168-pound super middleweight champion of the world. That's the way to go and do it. And and the guy who was, you know, trying to start stuff and get in your head and all that type of stuff, you knock him to the canvas, you, you give him his first loss, and you, 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 you send him on his way. 
this is always the thing too. Like, you know, it's a funny thing. I do see though, when ever Canelo Alvarez wins, people are always bringing up Floyd and we, you know, we, you know, if, would he beat Floyd today? Would, you know, would he be a guy who could, who could beat me with this version of Canelo beat prime Mayweather? I think that people are missing the point with that. Like, Canelo Alvarez was very young when he took on Floyd Mayweather. Big stones. Good good job. Like, he he went in there and, and, and took a crack at the king. Good job. And he got worked. He got worked. Somehow a judge saw it in his direction. I mean, he's Canelo has the, the judges that you've seen. Even at the scorecards I look, I'm like, are they had it that lopsided? They, he's got to mean it out of the palm of their hand. He does. But the crowd was crazy for him tonight. I mean, they, they, that's that's one thing. I mean, he, uh, he definitely had the arena like making him feel every much every much like the star that he is but i just think that it's a silly argument to make for a couple of reasons one um could this version of canelo face that no i mean they're different weight classes first of all he's he's become a more optimal fighter the bigger he's gotten and that's that's the truth i mean canelo the beauty of him right now is that he's a mauler he's a guy who goes out there and he he is taking fools out it wasn't like that necessarily when he was taking on floyd mayweather you know he was he would get knockouts don't get me wrong it's not like he wouldn't go and knock fools out this guy who's had a lot of fights and he's been a star for a very long time but you think back to this you know to that time of of him taking on uh of him taking on floyd mayweather and you know he was going the distance with shane mosley he was going the distance with austin trout um, Ares Landy Laura thereafter, you know, he would beat up like a James Kirkland and an Alfredo Angulo every now and then, but you know, had a sick knockout against Samir Khan. But it was really like after this Gennady Golovkin fight, where the first fight a lot of people thought that he lost, the second fight was close, thought that he won. It's the way I had it, but he ended up being a draw and a win. But since then, I mean, he's going in and he's, he's really, really wrecking fools. He's really wrecking fools. And even the decisions that he gets, like, against the Callum Smith. Callum Smith was messed up in that fight. He's a lot bigger than Canelo Alvarez. But he he came out of that fight really butchered. Breaking uh, orbital bones of Billy Joe Saunders. He's knocking out Caleb Plant. He's knocking out Sergey Kovalev, silly. And he's doing these things late, too. Late in fights. So, could this guy be Floyd Mayweather? I mean... I think it's a stupid question. Like, probably not. Like, if you're going to say, like, hey, Canelo Alvarez, if we put you back down at 150 pounds, you know, 154 pounds for this fight, do you think that you would be better off than you are right now? I don't think he's as optimal a fighter. I think he's better, bigger. I think he has been. And so that's why every time I see that, I'm just like, "Ah, if we do this again, give your credit to Floyd Mayweather. He won the fight against the Young Buck a very long time ago. And props to Ken Alvarez for taking that fight and going in there and risking his oats, his only loss of his career. You know, does he have ones that are arguable? Gennady Golovkin, Landy Lar. Yeah, he does. But, you know, Canelo's not a, he's not a, a guy who's looking to go pitch the shutout like Floyd is. But he's entertaining as hell. You love it. He's making a ton of dough. You love it. He's racking up a lot of belts. You love it. So Floyd will always have that standing of being the guy who beat him and being undefeated. And that's great. But even then we've seen like, you know, 
you've always had, you've kind of, like, this is the thing. With Floyd, I've always said this. He's an amazing fighter. He's changed the game of boxing. I'll always, I, I will always respect what Floyd has done for the game, for the sport, and all that stuff. However, his fights, a lot of the time, sucked. Don't tell me about sweet science. Don't tell me about, you know, you don't know what you're watching. It's truth. A lot of the times, Floyd fought fights, fights were, fights were boring, sucked. That's why he changed his persona. That's why he changed who he was. To make you be so frustrated by the way that he fought that you were furious after spending your 70, 80, 90, $100, whatever it was, because he made your best fighter look amateur, uh, but did it in a way where he really wasn't like, you know, blowing the doors off him or getting stoppages or any of that type of stuff. Canelo's a different animal. He's he, As far as that's concerned, he is going in there and he's trying to break these guys down in the corner, break their bodies, break their spirit, break their will, break their face. And people like that, you know, call, call combat sports fans crazy. We like knockouts, but for Canelo, great ending to a night gets his win. Congratulations to him. We'll get back into a little bit of UFC on the other side. We're back after this. Welcome back, everybody. It is Tobin's Fight Show here on 790 The Ticket. Really, really fun night last night in the fight game. As uh, Really, really enjoyed it. Man, We uh, I tell you what, I was at the Heat game. It was boots on the ground. And uh, I, I was watching this, uh, this Chris Barnett. And this was the first fight that I turned into. Where Chris Barnett, he's fighting Jordan. Uh, he's uh, Chris Barnett. He is out there. He's fighting Jan Vellante. And... It's it's first team all body this this matchup, two big boys, not for the crunches. You love it. You love to see it in the fight game. And Chris Barnett, this guy who just has the most amazing entrance coming in, fire energy, so good, dancing. I cannot love this guy. Comes in there. I don't know how this was. I don't. You know, this was early early prelims. I don't think it was stopped. I don't I don't think it was topped. Wheel kick KO from the big boy. Wheel kick KO on Jan Vellante. Flip celebration. Front flip celebration. How do you not love that? It was such a it was such a great moment on the night. It was so good. I just I don't even know what you could uh what could top it. Did get a bonus, thankfully. Really, really great. Chris Barnett, he got a bonus. Uh, Alex Pereira, he got a bonus. Chito Vera, he got a bonus. Bobby Green, he got a bonus. It was a bonus filled night. The the undercard was crazy with the finishes. It really, it was a fight. This was a night in the UFC. It was a night that had everything. You had close, very competitive championship fights. You had the fight of the year, possibly, in Michael Chandler versus Justin Gaethje. You know, and everybody's like, you think it's a, you know, you're like, oh, it could live up to the hype. Did lived up to everything. You have Cheeto Vera having this moment where he gets a front kick KO on Frankie Edgar, but the undercards were fire, dude. This Chris Barnett, it, it, it was one of the greatest knockouts. And, and is it because he's, he's a large man who is not an Adonis? Yes, because there's no way you saw it coming. You know, like I, I, I sent it to Leroy because my co-host, God love him, every morning, 6 to 10 a.m., he doesn't believe in the head kick, the wheel kick. You know, he doesn't think that a person should be knocked out by this. Well, what do you say when Chris Barnett, the fat man, comes and wheel kicks your ass? What are you going to say then? 
and then does the front flip celebration. It just had everything. Really, really great. Uh, Ian Gary uh, ended up uh, winning his much-anticipated UFC debut monster right hand for the 23-year-old Irishman. Uh, he looked great. Took a little bit of a beating early on in that one, too. Was cut up. So uh, a good performance from him. Um, it was uh, it was great. Chris Curtis. Chris Curtis comes into this. Got a record at 27-8. and eight. And he's taking on Phil Hawes, who Phil Hawes is like the ultimate prospect. Like everybody thinks Phil Hawes is going to be a monster and is destined for greatness. You know, they think that he, he looks tremendous. He's got it all put together. They think that he's, uh, he, he's just built for, Hey, sometime down the line, this is going to be the dude. And he looked really, really good in this fight. You know, he looked really good. He was peppering Chris Curtis with, Beautiful front kicks to the to the oblique, really mixing up his striking well. It didn't even feel like Chris Curtis was throwing punches. It felt like basically Phil Hawes was using him as a heavy bag. Um, and then he just got too cute and got caught coming in. And that was it. That was it. It wasn't a one punch, but when he hit him with that counter shot coming inside. That was all she wrote, and Chris Curtis ends up getting the win. Uh, a man who's now won six in a row, but won his UFC debut. What everybody thought that he was going to be put on a silver platter. That's why this fight. This why this why this fight is uh, this sport is not only great, but it just is like man. It always keeps you guessing. Always keeps you on your toes. Fantastic for Ben Bobby Green, big one too to beat Ally Quinta in his own native New York. Great job by him, and then Alex Pereira. He had a jumping, flying knee KO. It was it was a crazy night, a crazy night with a ton of crazy stuff happening, and a really really fun night for the UFC with everything that was all around. Um, you know, and it's like it went. It was late. I mean, it was the night where it went into like twelve thirty ish. You know, like the Canelo fight was like eleven thirty was when it started. Which, by the way, Canelo had to be happy that he didn't have to. Uh, he wasn't waiting out at uh, UFC again, which I don't know what this is going to do pay-per-view-wise um, or who's going to win the night. That'll be an interesting one, too. But Colby and Kamaru Usman, great rivalry. Didn't feel quite as heated going through in this one. I don't think that... Um, I don't even think Colby was like as over as hated. Like He got the U-Sucks and he got the F-U Colbys, but... You remember when like Kobe was at the heat of it all, like really, really uh, getting people fired up. And uh, you remember, listen, it's another thing that's interesting about Kobe. Kobe was the first one to really do the whole, you know, MAGA pro Trump thing. And then it's like the the, the the secret around the UFC is actually like yeah, most guys are are kind of leaning on that side of the political landscape. Not making this political, but um, Kobe was doing it and vilifying it, like making it a thing where. He's got people hating him because he wears a red hat and an ugly suit and is got the Trumps there ringside. And, you know, he's not president. You know, Donald Trump's not president anymore. I just don't think it has quite the same veracity that it did when Colby first did it. Um, and if anything, he was super humble after I was like, all right, well, let's see what bad guy Colby Covington is going to say after that. Nah, super humble, super, uh, you know, pretty respectful of, of Kamara Usman. Um, thank New York, thank the first responders. 
You know, it was actually very reminiscent of his uh, of his of his uh, his uh, mentor of Chael Sonnen. It was like you know, Chael would always talk it up, talk trash in the fights, and then was eh, nicest guy ever when he when he lost, which he usually did lose the big fights, but was always super nice, super respectful, and all that type of stuff. So that was an interesting thing to see from Colby for sure, and to where he goes from here. I think a lot of people have that question in that division, you know. Um, he has been good enough, I think, in these two fights that, like, if he were to go on some type of run, could he earn his way to a third fight? I could see it. He's a little bit in that Max Holloway, Volkanovsky area where it's not like he's been blown out. They've been super close fights. He did get his jaw broken in one fight, but they've been very, very good fights. Um, I think the natural place to go, like, it, there's two places that are natural to go. If Jorge ends up winning, I think the honestly, now I'm thinking about it, I think the natural place to go either way for Colby is fighting Jorge Masvidal. Because if Masvidal loses, seems like the natural place for him to go fight Colby Covington. If Masvidal wins, the natural place for him to go and fight Colby Covington. I don't know if either one of those will lead to a title shot because um, they've both lost to Kamaru Usman twice. It's slim pickings right now for, for contenders. I mean, I think people are looking at the Vicente Luque situation and, and he's maybe the next guy. Or if Leon has a great performance against George, I think he'll probably get the nod first. But if he doesn't, you know, I, I think the natural place next is Colby versus Jorge in, in some regard and in some matter of, uh, of of where they go there. And then for, for um, Kamaru... It's up in the air right now, man. It really is. I don't I don't know what they do with him. I really, really don't. He's uh I think he just I think he just kind of storms on and he waits for the next contender to come around and he and he tries to demolish him. I think that's where his uh his star will shine the brightest. That's our show for this week, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll talk to you next time. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.